1: Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark-Shiflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on alanmoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Allo Moves. Join the community on AlloMoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30 day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's AlloMoves.com, code Mascara20 for a 30 day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's AlloMoves.com and the code is Mascara20. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jen. Listen, we have a great interview for you uh, this Wednesday. It's with Gucci Westman. But before we get into that, Jess and I have some fun news. So on Saturday, June 11th, from 1 to 2 p.m., we will be in residence, if you will, at Energy, which is an event space in Soho. I'll put all the details in the show notes. But basically, Dermalogic is celebrating the launch of a new product called Daily Milkfoliant, which comes out on June 9th. And they'll have this event to celebrate it in New York City on Saturday, June 11th and Sunday, June 12th. Now we'll be there on Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m., hanging out and talking all things skincare and exfoliation, and interviewing a special guest in a mini live version of the podcast. So we would love to have you there. Please come. The event takes place at Energy. Like I said, that's an event space at 182 Lafayette Street in New York City. It's free. It's fun. We'll hang. The whole fam will be there. Again, it's Saturday, June 11th from 1 to 2 p.m. Check the show notes for all the details. Now, on to the interview. So this was an interview with makeup artist Gucci Westman that Jess recorded in the spring of 2019. I was not there for this interview because I was busy getting married, but her co-interviewer is none other than Tiffany Suknandan. Remember her, intern Tiff? So before we get into that, quick update on intern Tiff, in case you were wondering. She now works for Dr. Shireen Idris, the Pillow Talk Derm. So you might see her from time to time if you follow Pillow Talk Derm on social media. That's Tiff, yes, the Tiff. If we know and love. And now, as for Gucci Westman, wow, her brand is on fire. It came up quite a few times on the show recently. A couple people were recommending products from it. And I thought it would be a good time to check in with her. So we decided to rerun this interview. Again, it's a rerun because. You know, as I'm recording this, I'm about to go on vacation. Jess is busy working. We'll be back next week with fresh new interviews. But for now, hang out with Gucci. She is, of course, a makeup artist, the co-founder of the brand Westman Atelier. She's worked with tons of celebrities over the years. She was the artistic director for Longcombe and Revlon before she started Westman Atelier in 2018. So I'm going to hand it over to Jess, Tiff, and Gucci. Hope you enjoy.
2: Okay, Tiff and I are here with Gucci Westman, the celebrity and editorial makeup artist synonymous with dewy, fresh skin and a cool, fashion-y approach to beauty. So she's also the founder of the new luxury makeup line, Westman Atelier. Welcome, Gucci. Thank you.
3: This is so cool. Everybody freaked out when I got asked to do this. They were like, fat mascara. Oh, my God. It's like the best one.
2: Oh, that that makes us feel great. Thank you. Um, I'm a fan. So (laughs) I have to start off. Gucci Westman, it sounds like your name is just like destined for fabulosity. Is Gucci your real name?
3: No, it's not actually. So does that make me less destined? No, no. <laughs> you, you've, you've grown into it, I guess. Well, What's the deal? It is. I mean, it does feel like my real name in the sense that it's been my name since I was about two. Oh, wow. And okay, you, I, you
2: own it long enough. I it's feel, yours. Yeah. You
3: know, it has nothing to do with any <laughs> trends or thank God for that. But I actually was born with the name Chelsea. And then we moved into an ashram when I was two years old, a kundalini ashram in California. And you get given names at the ashram. And my given name was Guru Charan, which means he who sits at the lotus feet of the guru. Not even she, but he. Wow. And it was a nickname that a friend of my parents gave me. And he named his subsequently his daughter Gugi.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Back to the ashram. I got Gucci. I
3: think I scored.
2: <laughs> so, what was it like? I mean, this is such a big, vague question, but most people did not grow up on an ashram. Were your parents very into like yoga or spirituality?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad, to this day, does. He wakes up at five a.m. every day and meditates and does yoga. He worked with Maharishi
2: to oh, wow. spread TM. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It's do you do cool.
3: TM? Yeah, I do.
2: All right, I'm not going to ask you what your word is, but I, I, hear, I hear you're given a word, right? A <laughs> uh, yeah, mantra? you're given.
3: Yeah, but so I didn't actually. This sounds so ignorant, but I didn't realize because I grew up with my dad always meditating in the backyard, you know. And he built a teepee. We actually lived in Sweden from ten to my from ten to twenty five.
2: Oh wow! Because
3: my dad is Swedish, and he built this teepee in the back of our, you know, garden. And he would sit there for hours and I had no idea, you know, what t- style of meditation. I had no interest. Of course, mm-hmm. I was too self-absorbed being, you know, a teenager and everything. <laughs> and um, he he asked me maybe five years ago if I was meditating. And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, okay, I can tell. And I was like, oh, that's good. I, I just actually took a TM course. And, and he said, oh, that's great. What do you think? And I said, I really like it. I think it's, you know, it's really sort of conducive to people who are a little bit busier and a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, filled with more thoughts and anxiety maybe. And, and I asked, so what, what is your meditation you do? I've, I've never asked that. And
2: TM is just for anyone who doesn't know is Transcendental Meditation. Yes. Okay, sorry, mm-hmm. keep, keep going. So he said, oh, I do TM. And I was like, you do? and i was like that's this
3: that's the meditation you practice and he said yes and i actually worked with the maharishi to spread tm and i said do you have a mantra and he said i have 3
2: <laughs> so i was how like how did he get oh, the extra 2
3: he's been doing it for so long
2: that's true. i don't know he's, he
3: he does it for a long time and he
2: also has been doing it for so many years. That's so funny. So you, assuming you said you've been taking like lessons, like you were paying someone for to TM, teach me. And my dad, your dad, just, spread TM all over
4: the world. Yeah,
3: well, not all over okay. the world. It was, I think, uh if either, I think it was from India, Sweden, or something. La, I can't remember exactly. I was just so shocked that I didn't remember the
2: details. Very careful. That so that I is. I have to tell you, we've done a lot of interviews. I haven't heard about you know, with people yeah. coming from different backgrounds, yeah. and you know, it's nice because they're usually m- m- surprising. They're usually very different than you know what you yeah. think. Yeah. But this one, I haven't heard. That's a little. <laughs>
3: yeah. I know. It's a, I wanted to, you know keep you a little bit like
2: on your toes today. <laughs> a friend a friend of mine is always telling me I should do TM. Yeah. And like obviously you'd recommend it, but why, just for our listeners, why might they want to I think get they off?
3: actually modified it according to my dad in later years so it would be easier for people who are very busy to incorporate into their okay. lives. And you the idea is that you you basically don't kind of judge yourself or your thoughts but you have this mantra it's a 20 minute session in the morning and then the afternoon and and it's basically kind of like your stream of consciousness will start coming up to the surface and it's it's basically you're releasing stress
2: it's interesting you said that he noticed that you yeah. had been I know. Yeah that that That's, you that you can really tell like a visible, yeah. like visceral benefit from it.
3: Yeah, my I I don't want to go on too long about this, but my husband had uh, also he was trained in TM. He oh, did wow. the the course and and he lies down when we meditate mm-hmm. in the morning, and I sit up and he lies down and I I asked him the first time I was like you're supposed to sit up I how come you're not sitting up and he said oh. Bob Roth, who who taught him, who's really pretty known in, in TM, he said he didn't have to, that he could lie down if he <laughs> wanted to. And also, he gave, at the end, when David was trying to pay, he said, oh, no, you have a beautiful soul. You don't have to pay. This is my treat to you.
2: Oh, wow. I know. I was okay. like, you didn't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd have the same pull with Bob. Yeah. So uh, let's shift to beauty for a moment. Yes. You did go to beauty school, right? Didn't you go to like a proper beauty school?
3: i not a beauty school per se. Like cosmetology I mean, was, I or went to a, a really, really fantastic makeup school in Paris, okay. okay. and the reason actually, I thought I was going to be a translator or or a you know, a professional show jumper. Um, it's a show jumper, oh, like writing, oh writing horses, okay. yeah. 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 And and I was an au pair when I was 18 years old in Switzerland and I got really into beauty actually at that point before I was also interested. But at that point, she brought me to the woman, the, the mother and the family brought me to fashion shows and really got me sort of kind of crazy about the, the romance of of these. You know the translation of these uh, designers' looks and mm-hmm. everything, and how powerful was, it was this?
2: Totally new to you? Was it like yeah. opening up a whole window? Completely. So imagine new. this is like kind of a posh family, or at least like artsy.
3: Uh, they were pretty posh. Yeah her mm-hmm. her parents were were quite you know successful family in in this little town in Switzerland in Neuchatel, and she started this was what sealed the deal. She started giving me boxes and boxes of makeup because everybody mm-hmm. sent her so much and she didn't wear any, so she just gave it to me. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so I, I became very mesmerized and I said, you know, I think I may want to go to makeup school. and But if I'm not good, I'd rather do it in French so I don't waste my time because I don't know if I'm going to be good enough.
2: Wait, why would you want to do it in French? Um...
3: Because I went to Switzerland to be... An the, au pair, au pair. Yeah. for my French. Okay, got it, got it, got I didn't, it. sorry, I didn't it's express okay. that. But I, I wanted to be a translator, I thought, at some point. So okay. I was working on my languages. I studied languages in school. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought, okay, at least, you know, if I'm not good at makeup, I wouldn't have wasted my time because it's in French. Totally. So I ended up going to that school, not at the time I was, you know, I thought. I ended up going maybe... Four years later, I had a little break, <laughs> um,
2: went back to Sweden, traveled a bit, and then, then I went. Okay. So what did you learn about, go, like, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of the guests that we have, everyone has a different story, but I'm fascinated by so many of the makeup artists there, and, and even hair hairstylists too, they're self-taught. Mm-hmm. You are, mm-hmm. you know, formally trained. Do you feel like there's a difference or do you feel, um, what what did that give to you?
3: I mean, I think that, you know, to be honest, it gives you a bit of a foundation. At the end of the day, when you're an artist, however, it's all about the amount of time you put in, the experiences you have, and learning from your mistakes. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. It
3: really is, because there's so much that's not applied in the classroom, you know, that you would never experience on a shoot. Right. You know, they don't really... There's no synergy between the two in some ways. You can't just think, oh, what am I going to do? What look, what am I going to create? Look number five. Mm
2: -hmm, You know, mm -hmm.
3: it's not really like that for a Vogue shoot or something like that. It's more intuitive. You have to have a certain amount of creative flow. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be very sensitive to the dynamics of everybody involved. Completely. And know your place and know when you need to step forward and when you need to step back and so many things.
2: That you can't learn in the classroom.
3: No. Yeah. I, I, I'm grateful that I did it. And it was a really interesting experience. And I think that something there was a bit of a catalyst and a drive for me because I remember one day it was a big school, actually. And a lot of uh, the students were Asian. A lot of, you know, boys and girls or you know, both sexes. Mm-hmm. And one day one of the teachers said you know, the, I'm going to be honest with you, this is a an industry for homosexual men. Wow. And I just thought, how, what, did she? I was like, did I understand that correctly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in French? You know, maybe I thought. Yeah, yeah. And that was what she said. And that sort of stuck with me and put a little fire in my belly. And I thought, really, that's, that's kind of a generalization. It, there's some, you know, maybe... A little bit of truth to it. At some point, there was or there, but I don't. But not right
2: now. No, no I, don't think so. I don't
3: think so either. I think it's you know.
2: Well, that's encouraging for, for everyone. But I also <laughs> wondered, um, you know, we have a lot of listeners on the show who are budding makeup artists. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they need to go to school because no, they uh, they, email, they don't? They, okay, that's again more reassurance because no. we get DMs about that all the time. I don't which think is the best so. makeup and, school. To, yeah,
3: I don't. I don't think that's necessary especially not now with all the the social outlets and Mm -hmm, all of these mm -hmm. platforms that showcase such detailed work and how empowering it is for people to try things on themselves make mistakes on themselves try and actually the best thing about makeup school i think weirdly was learning how people's fingers, how it feels on your skin and how to be, you know, a Being little bit foot. aware okay. of
2: people touching you and <sighs> your space and somebody else's space, you know? Now, once you started working, I understand that you started working in films, right? I
3: did. Yeah. I actually went to a really bad makeup school <laughs> after the really great makeup school. Uh-huh. The, it was a 10 week program. After two weeks, they asked me to teach at the school which two weeks yeah also the advice they gave us they were like okay you need a tackle box a fish tackle box and a director's chair and a light <laughs> those like were a the, exactly those were the <laughs> things that they advised us to buy as budding makeup artists I mean you're kind of on your own and you're yeah. like uh what do I do they said oh you know Check out the Hollywood Reporter and look for ads, and it was really—it's frightening. There were was absolutely no value to any of that program, and I say it all the time because I would never want anyone to waste money
2: on it. But then, so you start like you start working in films so, like right around that time. Well, I, it, during it was after? a little
3: bit of a process. I actually didn't have any work for a while, and I did you know some deferred payment mm-hmm. type of American Film Institute projects that. I did like the I I did the continuity, I did the hair, I did the makeup, mm. I did the styling, I did the craft service for free. Wow. And it was it was such it's all about the experience in my mind and I actually never remember getting paid very much the (laughs) first few years of my career. And that was never my objective to earn tons of money. I thought I need the experience. I don't, Mm -hmm, I don't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter the payment. And also when I started assisting people, I was too shy to ask about the money. And I thought that maybe the agent would just pay me or, you know, and I just never asked, so I never got paid. And I didn't know that how that really worked. And, um, I, I, during, you know, the first couple of months, I didn't really have any work at all that was paying. And I, I remember allowing myself one latte per week. <laughs> and, you know, we lived in this kind of like government assist housing because the two girls I was living with, their previous home was destroyed in the earthquake. So they found something for $300. Wow. So we, two of us shared a room. The other girl always got the biggest bedroom who was alone. And then we always had like 10 other people staying with us. And no one ever but wanted to buy toilet paper. It was like... <laughs> it's like a, it was like, a col- like an artist colony. Yeah, yeah, it was so fun, though. But then I met a stylist named Casey Storm. And he said, oh, I, you have to meet my friend Spike Jones. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I was like, yeah, I would love to meet him. I didn't really know exactly... What was he
2: working on around that time?
3: He was doing mostly music videos okay. and really great Nike and Levi's commercials. And... So I met with him in a room. I remember I was kind of nervous and he was just like sitting and nodding his head and saying like cool, cool. <laughs> it's exactly actually how you would imagine That's him That's how to I be. picture him being. Yeah. Just like
2: a groovy dude. Yeah,
3: so he really didn't say that much and I didn't really think that it went that well because we, he didn't ask me any anything specific or of mm-hmm. significance, I thought. And then next thing I knew, I he asked me to do everything. For so what, years kind, and you know, years. what kind
2: of projects with Spike were you working on? Like what kind of movies? I did commercials, videos. I did a
3: lot of commercials, a lot of uh, videos. I mean, it was so fun. So how but, how did and you... I did Bing John Malkovich. Oh well, he that's... had to convince me to do that.
2: I mean, that's like. Uh, you, your, you need your ma- your PhD in makeup artistry to do that, making—I it was, it was a, I haven't seen it like, 10 years, but like Cameron Diaz, like, old. but yeah. she, looked, she looked like a hot mess in yeah, that movie. Yeah, she
3: did. We did— She's—how
2: do you make someone that gorgeous look that— um,
3: Well, we all did some research, and we wanted it to—it was supposed to take place in New Jersey, and— we did some research and we went to some malls in New Jersey and we all. Came I'm from back New with Jersey and I can
2: say we've got a lot of material for you, <laughs> a lot of inspiration. Yeah,
3: we found some some good some good looks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and that was actually just um, prior to that. I had done Buffalo 66. <gasps>
2: oh my god, Christina Reach's eyeliner in that.
3: Yeah, the blue eyeshadow. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, and the silver sparkles. Yeah. Incredible. Eyeshadow,
2: excuse me. Yeah, but she had
3: black eyeliner, but the blue shadow was... Actually, I did an interview about that the other day, which is so weird because it's so long ago. But I did that first, and that was um, a pretty traumatic experience for, for a lot of people involved in that movie. and. Making
2: the making of the movie. Yeah, it was
3: tough. Okay. But it was, I'm great. I'm happy that I did it in the end. Yeah,
2: people love that movie. Yeah. And that look is very iconic. So, how did you parlay all of this into fashion? Like, tell us about, you know, what I think of Gucci Westman, I do think of, you know, high fashion editorial makeup.
3: I, so when I turned just before I turned 30, I decided I didn't want to live in LA anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just work with actresses and do movies and things like that. It wasn't for me. I felt that it was a little bit insular focused and I wanted to explore. And I actually still remembered going to fashion shows in Paris. And I still Mm. felt that kind of, oh, I just want to see if you know. there's a little something in me, a little twinkle that's making me want to explore that. And I had I had no, obviously, idea how it was going to go. Moving yeah. to New York, I went out on a whim. And I got an apartment in the East Village with Tatiana Petites. you know, the model. Oh, the model.
2: Mm-hmm. So are you, were you guys buddies from before? Yeah. Okay. So we
3: shared an apartment on the fourth floor. She was
2: in the George Michael Freedom video yeah, for, for those who just want to have a gander at Tatiana. Yes, okay, she
3: was. And we lived on the fourth floor walk-up. It was such a dump. And <laughs> And she had a bad back, so she made me carry oh. all her stuff on. <laughs> I used to actually pay people outside to help me carry my bag up wow. because with my your, makeup your, bag. Your,
2: Yeah, your kit? Yeah. Of uh, Four flights of stairs? Yeah. yeah in New York. So
3: so I came to New York not really knowing what the outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I had worked actually a bit with Bruce Weber and Annie Leibovitz in L.A. so that I had a little bit of an introduction. We had done Italian Vogue, and I did some things with Vanity Fair with Mm -hmm. Annie and and I ended up doing a cover of Vanity Fair with her
2: which which, who was on the cover
3: it was the athletes for the Olympics
2: okay yeah 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 so that
3: was in the 90s and she canceled I I had I was supposed to do special effects for a mountain biker and I had all this different type of mud prepared and I was going to show her you know I showed her all of what I had prepared, and she, she, I think she was like kind of impressed. So she canceled the other makeup artist, and I did everyone. And
2: do you think it was because you prepared the mud? You went the yeah, extra mile. Yeah, I really
3: went. I that's all I ever wanted to do was think ahead. Think mm-hmm. ahead of like what would that next move be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how can I not become replaceable? Those were, you know, because we all are very replaceable.
2: Do you still? I mean, I know that you. And we're going to talk about Westman in a bit, but you know, when you are working right before you started focusing on Westman are you still like that like you're still bringing weird things to the table like like not mud but it's interesting I kind of feel like a lot of makeup artists who are at your stature they can come in put on like a bomb put on you know uh-huh. a, a brow gel and it's like genius do you feel <laughs> do not I'm not naming names but I think like there is a kind of you're a celebrity you are you know so I would think you wouldn't have to work that hard all the time. Well, I think you're you're always
3: actually, but you're always, I think in this industry especially, you're always in a gray area when when it comes to your success Mm -hmm. and the knowledge of success. Like, what is success? You know, because I think it's... that's a
2: bigger question. I
3: think it's easy to get to the top. I don't know how easy it is to stay there... And you know that's the tricky part. That's where you have to sacrifice a lot of family time. A lot of you know a lot of things come into to play, and it's it's challenging. You know, you always it's it's a finicky, fickle business.
2: Like juggling. It's funny you mentioned the family time. Like you know, you have a family. You were doing all these celebrities. I'm sure you were traveling a lot. I mean, this like and to probably. I mean, I know you enjoy it, but maintain. Where you were, and then I remember you took like a minute and you were working with brands, right? Like Lancome, Revlon. Can you tell us about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, I I during my like super super busiest time, I I got called by Lancome and they wanted me to be their creative director, and I thought, oh, that's interesting, but I wasn't that excited because Mm -hmm. I what excited me the most at that point was creating editorial images. And at this point
2: and, you're working with everyone, yeah, right? You're everyone. In Vogue mm-hmm. every single month.
3: Yeah. I mean there's a there's about a year where I had almost every single cover of Vogue. For <laughs> it was almost maybe it was like 9 months or something. And
2: like that. do you attest that to your aesthetic or that Anna really liked you or you, the way you worked with was, you know, talent? What what sort of your
3: I I think Grace Coddington, I owe her mm-hmm. most of that actually because we did One particular shoot that she just adored, and she then, after the shoot, said to me, I didn't even think she liked me, to be honest, I had no idea, and she... We were all traveling from an airport together. We were in L.A., but I was at a different terminal. Mm -hmm. And she got out of the van, and I I thought she was just going to say, you know, see, ya, beat it, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she said, you know, I haven't seen talent like that since Pat McGrath, since I discovered her. (gasps) And, yeah, and um, I want you to be on my part of my team, you and Julianne Dees. And I was like, what? And then I, I I was speechless. I couldn't even... You know, I just thought... I didn't even know if she was me. career on my life.
2: Yeah. And then... Was she just kind of aloof? Like, was she like aloof fashion person? She's
3: a, yeah, she's a little tough.
2: She's not she's warm and fuzzy. Up. No. Okay.
3: She's not... There's nothing... Uh, yeah, she's... There's nothing fake about her. She's very direct and mm-hmm, very... Mm-hmm. But she doesn't... She's not that forward coming in the moment. She takes her time and does it in her own way. But she that That was on a Friday, and on the Monday, I had probably ten vogue options with all the other editors and
2: wow and uh,
3: it was it was you know,
2: overnight career changer,
3: yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. And I worked with Grace with everybody with Steven Mizel, with Matt and Marcus with everybody mm-hmm. I ever
2: could have dreamt of. so obviously, this is keeping you really busy and then you get the call from Lancôme, you did take the job. I did
3: take the job, and it was a really wonderful, very inspiring, empowering experience. And But I still felt that it was taking me away from my editorial work. I mm-hmm. did inevitably miss some covers and things like that. I, I had it in my contract that if I had a, a Vogue cover or a certain job of a certain stature that I was mm-hmm. able to reschedule the the Lancôme date. Okay, And they were okay with that, which was great. And it, they were such a... Lovely place to sort of um, l'Oreal Lancome that it was really really wonderful i i was so inspired the entire time they really respect artistry
2: mm-hmm. and then you went to revlon mm-hmm. i mean not like you know back to yes, back no. but what was that like because you are such a luxury person with just your you know cv and of course the line that you have now it's so interesting that you've lent your talents to revlon
3: yeah what well, was the impetus
2: there well, i mean so, i'm sure they made you a good offer but
3: yeah well i left lancome part actually it was mostly because i couldn't travel so much anymore my contract was out of paris and mm. i had one child i was pregnant with the next and i was just remembering being in a meeting and them telling me i was going to india and they didn't know i was pregnant yet and then i was like oh my god <laughs> this is going to be so complicated and <laughs> and then i decided i had to just you know maybe restructure my work and do more editorial and and not travel as much and do you know have it be so focused on overseas Mm -hmm. and so I think it was about a week I didn't have anything and I was like remembering walking around the West Village thinking oh my god what did I do Mm -hmm. was that the right move and then Revlon called and and that was a yeah it was a is a kind of a contract I couldn't really turn down
2: and it was very different, you know. It was yeah, like what worked from the Revlon thing. I remember one palette was it Skin Lights. Did you do a Skin Lights thing? I or no? did
3: these um, Illuminance palettes. I did yeah. one called uh, Not Just Nudes. That was really good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I didn't have you know the same. It was. It was just a different. I with Lancome, I got to do exactly what I wanted, mm-hmm. and I I never had to compromise. They let me decide. I was in control of so many things. And Revlon, they actually hadn't ever had experience with a makeup artist as creative director before. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really know how to use me to my fullest potential.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know,
3: they didn't know how I love doing press. I genuinely love talking to people about things that I'm passionate about. And sharing stories and sharing information, so they didn't. It took them a really long time to sort of understand how to use me. Yeah, understand what you do and what you can do. Yeah, Yeah. so it was a a different type of experience because it was almost as if I was educating them for part of the time. You know, on on do this, you can do this with me. I I (laughs) I was almost like I can sing, I can dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but but I'm. You know, I think that that experience was really valuable also because it's a different market. You know, the mass market is very different and it's a different customer. In, in,
2: in a nutshell, how is the mass market different? Because I feel like women shop high-low, high, men too, shop high-low now. So I know it was a few years ago, but what was the key difference that you recognized?
3: I think there's a different, they just look for, there's a different type of um, experience. You know, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the feeling of the validation of holding something. Mm-hmm. You know that makes you feel a certain way. It's that's maybe coming from somewhere else in, you know, in their their kind of idea. They, I think, maybe that's just different priorities. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because I shop high low too. I love you know pharmacies. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. you can find the greatest thing in pharmacies, but at the same time, I love holding a nice object. And I love how it makes me feel.
2: Right. It's exactly. It's not just the payoff of the color. I mean, that's part of it, too. But it's you covet the object. It's Mm -hmm. like a it's like a fetish object.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that the the mass customer has maybe certain things that she she really wants to spend her money on. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's 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 a very savvy customer, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's and it's uh You know, you can also certainly play around more. You can have you can get more for your money.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, Westman is definitely Westman Atelier is definitely more of the object moment. So um, why did you decide to why did you decide to create Westman Atelier?
3: I love product development. I love products. I love sharing information. And it's actually I'm happy you asked me about my name because Mm -hmm. I was going to say that You know, since I had all of this experience with other companies and I was fortunate enough to work with their labs quite, quite intimately, especially with Lancôme, I I was with their labs outside of Paris every visit, every few weeks. I was always there working with them so closely. We went for dinner with the chemist. It Mm -hmm. was it was very sort of hands on. It was a partnership. It was a partnership. And I learned so much. It was Mm -hmm. so, so rewarding. And. For me, I always wanted to create my own brand, and I needed to sort of identify what that was going to be. And initially, I thought, will ha- I have to do an organic line." You know, how long have
2: you been thinking about this? Like, oh, how long has been germinating for so long? Really? Yeah,
3: but there's so much that it, during the ideology of a brand creation, there's so much more that is involved than you think. Because when you start getting into the minutiae, mm-hmm. there's nothing that can be sort of surface-y. Yeah. But, but I was just going to say that the reason I brought up the, my name thing oh, is yeah. because it's very natural that I would create a brand that was so focused on ingredients and active ingredients and the efficacy of the ingredients. And the, cl- the, the, clean, the clean idea, it all comes from my upbringing because we grew up vegetarian, vegetarian. Always learning so much about ingredients and what are we eating? What is that? My parents made their own cheese, their own butter. Their own cheese.
2: Wow. Yeah.
3: So it's not a trend for me. It's very sort of an extension of my life. You know.
2: Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. Like, what does clean mean? And I feel like a lot of brands are just kind of adopting that word. And Mm -hmm. you know, it's a trend. It's it is a trend. But when there are brands and people who actually have been doing, I mean, listen, if you want to go clean overnight, I don't think that's there's nothing wrong with suddenly. Making an improvement in your life no. or getting yeah. more conscious, but yeah. I, conscience, Con- conscious. That's mm-hmm. always always tripping up. Yeah, but i I do think it's so interesting that clean is now this buzzword.
1: Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off.
2: Now, I know that Tiff had some questions too. We were talking Can about we your line Can we make this session while. an hour
4: long instead? <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea.
2: So. Tiff, um, so we were talking about creating the line. What did you? Yeah. So want to back talk to about?
4: Westman. What was that process like for you? I imagine as a makeup artist, you know how product works. You've handled a lot of different brands before. So what was the process like creating your own brand and the your own The
3: process initially was a little bit slow. I'm not gonna lie. And I remember my husband said, "You need an office." So mm-hmm. we get an office. In Chelsea, that actually Grace Coddington took over for me. <laughs> 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 and he said, ideas, everything's going to come to you in the office. And I remember sitting there going. Why did he like, think it would
2: come to you in the office? Like versus he just thought home. I would
3: be able to kind of process everything, you know, in this space that was calm and surrounded with things that I put there for inspiration. And it was – I remember – kind of being torn between starting with skincare or makeup because I always have felt so strongly about skincare mm-hmm. and I remember Bobby Brown saying to me, "What are you crazy? You have to start with makeup." And and you know, you're known for makeup and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you're actually right. And I decided to hone in on this idea of the skin, mm-hmm. you know, and me being which also used to annoy me as when people would call me for interviews and say, You're mostly known for this beautiful skin. Uh-oh, and it used to okay. strike that question. No, no, it's good. <laughs> it, it but you took that to, and you created I, your own brand. Yes, exactly. I decided, oh, I'm just gonna just hone in on mm-hmm. the skin thing and I'm gonna extend this kind of idea that i've had forever of amplifying the skin of these mm-hmm. p- women that i work with actresses models and share that kind of journey and how how do people do that on themselves and it's edited it's simple it's intuitive and and i decided then i would start with a complexion
2: system mm-hmm. and, what's the complexion system
3: well i wanted to create A line of a lineup of an edited group of products that you need to sort of create a beautiful complexion. Mm. And then you can obviously play after that. But Mm -hmm. these are things for complexion and to create this kind of skin that I do on Jennifer Aniston and all of these people over the years and that are very simple and not complicated. And it's real women Products. It's yeah. like you use on the go. And I also, I have rosacea, and this is a big part of our brand that I, th- mm-hmm. I think that sets us apart. You know, not only did I feel that there was a void in the market between, you know, there was a gap between luxury and natural, and I felt that I could bridge that gap. I felt sure. like nobody's doing anything that is, speaks to luxury and incorporates natural ingredients or a natural concept or a clean concept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I decided that was going to be one. Then I also wanted to focus on active ingredients being at efficacy levels instead of marketing levels. And I learned from our labs that we work with that a lot of brands use active ingredients at marketing levels
2: so they can stay. What does that mean?
3: It means that we're not being entirely honest.
2: So they'll put, um, tell me from right here, like I, you know, I own my own company, and I'm like, okay, this has pep- peptides and blah 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 blah. It doesn't have enough of those things to actually make a difference. It's just yeah. a little bit, in so that I can cases, put on the tin.
3: In some cases, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You and look so I,
2: you look so upset right now. You look yeah. like you're doing very serious news. You're like nodding, like yes. <laughs> because I, I was shocked. eyes are closed. Yeah, I was shocked
3: when our our labs t- shared that information. I was like, no way! Are you kidding? And obviously it costs a lot more money to include these active ingredients at efficacy levels. But I want to be as transparent as I possibly can Mm -hmm. in this journey and as honest as I can. And I have this rosacea and I want something. And I know many people suffer from skin sensitivities and issues. And I want to include ingredients that will actually help the health of your skin and not Mm -hmm. simply color. I want to correct and soothe and heal And I think we all deserve more from our products, you know, and I'm really doing the best that I can with the resources that we have today. Mm -hmm. And the I can never have the performance has always have to be it has to be paramount. That's always the bottom line that that it can't be, um, you know, like some of the organic lines or products that I've tried. You know, they're pretty when you put them on and then you leave the house and you come back and you're like, wait, where did all my makeup go? Yeah. And yeah. it's suddenly gone. They don't have payoff. Well, are the lasting power?
4: I needed mm-hmm. to be able to trust and rely on the results. You know, I think you definitely got that with your brand and mm-hmm. you've also mentioned that it's very edited. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the reason you only have 3 brushes and tell me a little about your brushes. More I know they're come, pretty though. special. <laughs> yeah, the brushes
3: I love with the brushes as a young makeup artist, I used to always save my money and buy Uemura brushes. Mm-hmm. And back then I used to buy the sable brushes because I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I would the sable is
2: not cruelty free. It's it's quite cruel. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I
3: would never ever participate in any of that ever again. I feel bad still that I you know, but now I'm making up for it because our brushes are sustainable, sustainably made by the oldest brush maker in Japan, and they're a blend of nylon and um, synthetic fibers, which is the best kind of option that you can have it in my mind, in my opinion. And I always just look to myself for my own judgment because I'm a pretty
4: harsh critic. It's <laughs> a um, really great story behind that too, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was a dream to work with for, with Hakahoto, who makes yeah. our brushes because they make the most beautiful brushes. Oh, they're just, they come when we get our brush samples, they come with a little sticker and a handwritten note.
2: Oh my gosh. It's
3: so special. I mean, we lose money on our brushes daily because they're so expensive to make. But I don't care. So I think that's... Like that's
2: the thing to buy.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing to buy. get yourself a Westman brush. Yeah, they're they're pretty great. So let's talk a little bit about your makeup tips. I've know I've heard that you're known to use multiple shades of foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a reason why and why do you do that? As I think you, the way I like to see skin
3: is with a little bit more dimension and not looking like it's one tone because then you immediately it's a giveaway that it's all foundation right but if you incorporate multiple shades then you can kind of trick people a little bit and it can feel like it's more skin like so it's almost like amplifying your skin maintaining a little bit of the integrity of your own skin whilst evening it out but in more of a a dimension kind
2: of concept so which colors would, like, would you just take the two like your color and then one lighter or your color and then one darker or the, the two that kind of are
3: I mean I've really incorporated my makeup artist philosophy when I do that so when I do makeup on people I usually use two to three shades mm-hmm. that's kind of that's just how I've always done makeup I started doing makeup with using sticks and I find them Very easy, very malleable, and you don't. I I don't. I like also fluid, but it it has to be really good. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like as a as a starting point, I wanted to begin with sticks because that was my how I learned to do makeup. Um, I also find that you that you get a little bit of excess sometimes with the fluid, and I didn't want to. I wanted everything to be like precise Mm -hmm. to begin with. but I use – sometimes if I want a little bit of a warmer finish, I might use – we have, you know, Roman numerals or mm-hmm. they're numbered. And for myself, I'll do maybe a 2 and a 4 because I want a bit of warmth. But I use the 2 around my kind of under eye area, you know, right. this kind of triangle in
2: the yeah. middle of your
3: face. Yeah. and then, the
2: upside down triangle.
3: And then – but not precisely. Yeah, And then I – Patch in the deeper shade around the perimeter of my my face, and then I work them together. Oh, cool! It's very intuitive. Yeah, and it's not doesn't look like you're sort of caked in Mm -hmm. in foundation.
2: I'm willing to
4: try that.
3: It's really not complicated. It's very. It's just consider one as your concealer and one as your. You know.
4: Yeah. 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 Yeah, so what for you is the most important step in your beauty routine, like apart from foundation, or what's the most underestimated step that we should probably start including? The most
3: underestimated step, I think it's really taking the time to prepare your skin before you actually, I mean, it's your canvas, you know, your Mm. face. And I do think when you spend extra time and you exfoliate you do a mask you do consistent facials the quality of your skin is still going to be there right you know underneath everything
2: else you don't need as much makeup
3: <laughs> yeah so i i prefer to just kind of like really treat your skin and take care of it you know as much as you can and i do i i totally sympathize with people who have skin issues because i have major skin issues so i by no means have great skin, but I can
2: fake it a little bit more with great skincare and great makeup.
3: yeah, I mean I try, but I do also you know regularly have facials and I have I you do, do my go own. For facials. I go to a few people. I have an amazing amazing woman who I love who actually is in London, but when she comes here i I see her she does fascia release, which is a different kind of concept. what's her name? Anastasia. Oh, okay, okay. You've got to talk to okay.
2: her. Okay. I mean, Fashion she release. just sounds gives you a very relaxing. Oh wow! It's it's uh, it blows your mind. Does she work out of a studio in New York when she comes?
3: No, she usually has a hotel room or okay. something, so you just go to her. But mm-hmm. I met her through Gwyneth Paltrow because she was doing her before her wedding.
2: Oh my gosh! Okay. And I,
3: I, we were both staying in the same house mm-hmm. and before her wedding, so. She gave me a treatment, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. And I, my face—I looked twenty years younger. I swear. I was like,
2: <laughs> oh, "Wow! What did you do?" I'm convinced.
3: Yeah. So she does, but she doesn't do things like extractions. But yeah. she does so much lifting and tightening. And well,
2: Gwyneth really knows her stuff. Exactly. So, so, so know, if Gwyneth yeah. is
3: using her every day or whenever, <laughs> you know, not every day, but um, and then I also love Danuta at mm-hmm. Rescue Spa. And Georgia Louise Got also it. Oh, is yeah. a long term. I She's haven't great. been to Joanna.
2: Check, yeah, yeah.
3: I I haven't had the pleasure yet, but I've heard great things.
2: So let's talk about what you like. You know, you said you love great skincare, great facials. We know you use your line, but what are like some of the products you use every day in your life?
3: Uh, whether I skincare use, or you know hair okay. care. what are your must
2: haves? The Gucci edit.
3: Yeah, I'm really into also supplements. I think that. They're, they make a big difference if you're if you're kind of uh, responding to what your body needs and is is calling for. Mm-hmm. I think you can see a difference a little bit in in just your mood and your overall. Is there a brightness. supplement you like? I mean, I I actually have a quite a few supplements I'm taking at the moment that I get from. Uh, a doctor that i see in la who's mm-hmm. like a hormone specialist mm-hmm. but i really like welco has this hormone supplement that i put in it's called hormonal libido i think mm-hmm. uh, it's a powder and it tastes nice and i put it in my shake in the mm-hmm. morning it's also a welco and i never used to like shakes yeah but i love this peruvian chocolate
2: Oh, God, that sounds delicious.
3: I know, and I just, it's so good. And I think I put so many frozen blueberries in it that it tastes, like, really refreshing.
2: That sounds, like, very decadent, but it's a nutritional hormone shake. (laughs)
3: Yes, and I put, I put, um, Moon Juice has a mushroom powder that I put in the The collagen powder? It's called, um, it's actually called... I think mushroom shroom. Uh. we we'll, we'll. It's in a I'm big. It's in the jar. Glass. It's in the glass jar. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. We'll put it all on our blog so people can shop your, your the Gucci edit.
3: I mean, I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. And then I do that the does moon not juice have a bad probiotic. taste at all. No. So I put and I use the a bit ba- of uh, you know a lot of the moon juice probiotic in my mm-hmm, shake. Mm-hmm. And then I also like the tokos that's really great for connective tissue.
2: Okay. And joint support. It's called t- sorry toe.
3: T O C O S. Okay. And that's I think it's by Sun Potion. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah, the yeah. brand. Um so those are things that I kind of like put in my shake mm-hmm. and almond butter. Um I use a really nice And you notice a difference. Yeah, I just you really feel do? like I feel more energetic and cleaner and kind of like I don't I feel hungry when I should feel hungry and mm-hmm. not, you know.
2: Not not like scavenging for snacks. Yeah, yeah, I got Yeah, you.
3: I mean, I just feel like oh, it's one o'clock. I should be a little. I'm hungry now. I'm starving <laughs> now,
2: actually. Uh, so what other? What about what about skincare? So what skincare, are some of your skincare products. You well, love?
3: it's interesting. So people send me things to try, and and so I don't end up getting. I try something. I love trying things, but then I don't usually stick with it unless I feel really
4: mm-hmm. some
3: type of emotional connection. I. Regularly use a brand now that I like a lot called Subtle Energies. It's Australian. I really like that. I like Eminence. Mm-hmm. It has a really nice, gentle exfoliant that is a powder. It's like a strawberry rhubarb dermafoliant. Lactic acid. I like... Um, a lot of sheet masks, I have to say. I've alternate. I mean, I like the SK2 one. I like um, a biocellulose one by Suwasu. I like, um, what else do I? I try to do? Masks, you know, once a week. Okay. okay. And I do, I use my home devices also. Oh, you do, you are your device girl? Yeah, okay. because if Which I don't one? for facials, I have a Japanese one called Rantania that is microcurrent and LED light.
2: And so you're at home just like watching TV doing this? Yeah. That's so funny.
3: So you, can, I do it like maybe once yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. And then I have um, Georgia Louise also has like a mask and sometimes I'll alternate between that one and that one and it helps with the redness.
2: Very cool. It
3: calms down the redness. Um I also like Augustinus Bader, the the rich cream.
2: Oh, that has so much hype right now. I we're mean, getting a lot of people. They want to know. So, at least we know that you like it. I do you like it, like and I customer. really am
3: interested in the science behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty significant.
2: And we're going to talk about that on the podcast soon. Oh, you are. Yeah, the Augustus. I, I can never say the Agustinus. name. Augustinus. Augustinus. Augustinus Bader. Yeah. Bader. Yes.
3: Wait, but I'm sure I like some. I like pie for. Um, an oil cleanser.
2: Mm-hmm. PAI. hmm
3: And I like these Volition uh, apple cider vinegar wipes that are nice. Because it makes my face feel like it's burning, like the yeah. Biologique Recherche P50 yeah. that you can't – I can't. <laughs> um, and then what else do I love? I mean, I'm obsessed with skincare. I like Grown Alchemist Body. Mm-hmm. I like – I love going to Clean Market and doing infrared and cryo. And I love doing the um, vitamin drips once in a while. So you
2: really are. You grew up in like a wellness. I mean, I know you weren't getting vitamin drips at the ashram, but Mm -hmm. like you grew up in a wellness space, Mm -hmm. and like you're you're like talking the talk. Oh, like a Bebo compen. A dosist. Okay. Oh, I don't know dosist. Okay.
3: Dosist vibrates when you have one. Like a CBD
2: thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah she- no it's
3: it's a natural thing. I mean I'm telling you it's like I'm obsessed with because it does like, actually make you feel better. I don't eat meat. I don't I, I've I'm having a little bit of fish now but I think I might cut that might out cut it pretty again. soon. Yeah, yeah. And I make my own almond milk. I make my own you, coconut oh my milk. God. I make
2: you lost me at the shake. I was like, that looks like a lot of stuff to put in the shake. That looks like it takes 10, 15 <laughs> No, it minutes doesn't to do. take
3: long and it tastes so much better, and you know exactly what's in it. There's no weird well, stuff. I want to make it's all it about for ingredients me. for you. I know. Yeah, it really is. I want to know what's yeah, in everything. Yeah. And I think we all deserve better.
2: Well, that is a good note to end on. Gucci, thank you so much. I think we, we, we have a shopping list. Tiffany's been writing down everything yeah. you said. Head to the blog to get your Gucci-approved everything. Oh. And thank you so much for coming by.
3: Oh God, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I I, I really respect you girls, and it's <gasps> it's so nice to to ha- have these kind of chats. You know, I you can tell I could just keep talking. No,
2: we need longer next time. <laughs> oh my God, Gucci, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited
1: to hear it. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To
2: share a Razawan One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at Fat mascara.
1: If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening.